What's doing, everybody? Today is Thursday, September 14th. Speaker McCarthy has called for an impeachment inquiry into crooked and corrupt President Joe Biden. Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna joins me on the podcast to discuss that and so much more. Plus, New York City illegal immigrants are sending their kids to the public school system without anybody asking for immunization records. And Eminem, who's known for running his mouth, has now run into a big problem with a U.S. Navy SEAL. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to the Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. If you're listening or watching this broadcast live on Rumble, please get down there and share the broadcast so we get as many people into the live as possible. I would love to encourage you guys to take part in the live chat here on Rumble, get some conversations going down there on the topics and conversations. And if you're listening on one of the podcast apps, Apple, Spotify, hit me with a rating review, whatever you could do, uh, goes a long way to help me out. And again, I can't say thank you enough for all of you listeners out there for all your support. And I know some of you guys are new. I, yesterday, I had the honor of being uh, a guest myself on uh, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer's podcast. And uh, I got some great feedback from that. And I know a lot of you guys have jumped over here and subscribed to the channel. And, I, and thank you and welcome. I'm doing my best here to get as many great guests for you guys as possible. we got another one today. Uh, working hard to hit you guys with the hard-hitting stories that are affecting Americans, uh, in specifically the American parents, the families. Uh, in this country right now. This is why I'm so grateful to have Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna join me on the podcast today because she's a young mom. Her and her husband just welcomed their first kid. And I love when I have the opportunity to talk to new parents because we need more. We need to encourage our new parents in this country because we got to give them the strength uh, to be able to handle all the tough roads that are ahead of them, not only without all the wokeness and nonsense attacking this country, but just what normally comes with parenthood, the trials that you go through. Uh, So they need our encouragement. It's awesome to see uh, people starting families in this country because the future of this country is family. Uh, So uh, I'm honored that I'm going to have her. She'll be here in just a little bit to talk about uh, the impeachment inquiry that's been called for by Speaker McCarthy. And at the end of today's broadcast, I will be announcing a guest for next week. Another member of Congress will be joining me here next week. Stick around to the end of today's broadcast to find out just who that is. And uh, also, after I have uh, Congresswoman uh, Anna Paulina Luna on the show, I'm going to hit you guys with a story. You're probably only going to hear it here on the Alec Lay Show, and it happens to involve a friend of mine who's a former U.S. Navy SEAL combat veteran and M&M, so don't miss out on that one as well. But obviously, the big story uh, that's been going on in the political world has been Speaker McCarthy calling for the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. And again, I'm, I'm just a program note here for you guys watching on Rumble. I'm wired in today using my Apple uh, headphone. I had a problem with my speaker today. Couldn't get it working. My uh, my microphone was acting up, so I got to make some changes to that. Couldn't get it going in time for the live broadcast. So that's why I'm wired in here for you guys that are watching on Rumble. I'm going to work on that over the weekend. But Speaker McCarthy, now everything has kind of flip-flopped here. The Democrats are saying, oh, my God, you, what, what is this? You can't be doing this. We need to focus on what's right for the American people. we got to focus on other things. We can't be wasting our time on this impeachment. What are you guys doing? 
And it's interesting that this was just the reverse when they were trying to uh, get Donald Trump, by all means necessary, out of office for four years. Now, the response from the Republican side has been kind of split. We're seeing guys like Matt Gates, for one, he has just blasted the speaker. He's saying not in, uh, he need, we need the articles of impeachment delivered today. You know, we should have had Hunter Biden subpoenaed, subpoenaed 10 days ago. Like, it can't happen fast enough for some people in the GOP, some people in the Republican Party. For others, they're saying uh, this is what's needed. This is what's, uh, you know, so I know Senator Ted Cruz has said uh, this is uh, the impeachment inquiry is, is the right move. So there's a little bit of a split. Uh, going on with who thinks what. And again, I'm going to have Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna here with me in just a minute to get her take on all of it. But you have to listen to um, uh, Chuck Schumer and his take on it. Now, I'm going to play the clip of Chuck Schumer talking about this. And tell me if you've heard where you've heard this word, how he describes it. Tell me where you heard this word before. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. Now, quick side note there on Chuck Schumer. I think that if they were to make a movie about his disastrous political career, I would think that Michael Douglas could be a, would be a great pick. I think he could pull that role off beautifully. Just watching that clip back there. But uh, so here comes Schumer saying that this is a witch hunt. Uh, we can't be wasting our time on this. This is a guy that tried for four years to impeach President Donald Trump, wasted taxpayer money, wasted taxpayer time, and just continued to undermine the president at every turn. Now he's saying, oh, this is a witch hunt. We shouldn't be focusing on this. When we have all of the evidence that's there for Joe Biden and his corrupt family, we know about the, the, you know, the emails, the thousands of emails with fake names. We know about 10% for the big guy. We have all of this uh, stuff that's piling up that looks like President Joe Biden, who came into office uh, with, with you know, just a regular Joe Schmo, right? Joe that rides the rails. Now he's a multimillionaire and, you know, they make all their money in politics, right? And his family has become wealthy. Family members are getting money in their bank accounts uh, from foreign adversaries. What is going on with, with, with the Biden family? Well, that's what we're going to try to find out. That's the idea of this impeachment inquiry. But we need, we do need the impeachment. Let's go already with this. I mean, I'm on that kind of side of it. Let's get this guy. Let's vote on the impeachment and get him out. If we're not going to do that, then we're just wasting our time here. So, again, I said this has been kind of split, but what's interesting is, like, everything is kind of, it reminds me so much of, you know, the my body, my choice debate, right, from the from the left side. The liberals will say, my body, my choice when it comes to abortion, but when it comes to the COVID shots, it's my body government's choice, right? Their choice goes out the, the window when it comes to the COVID shots. Your body, government's choice. When it's abortion, it's my body, my choice, even though the body isn't yours, it's somebody else's, right? So I see that kind of shift happening here with the impeachment. And you know, not for nothing, but Donald Trump was the greatest president of my lifetime. And it, this guy accomplished so much. Could you imagine what he could have done for the American people? Can you imagine what Donald Trump could have produced for this country had he not have to deal with the nonsense and the undermining right out of the gate? spying on his campaign from the jump. Could you only imagine what he could have accomplished had he not have to deal with the Russia gate that turned out to be just nonsense. We had all lived through, oh, Mueller is coming, Mueller report, the, the, the Durham report, the dossier, uh, Trump's with Russia. What a complete waste of taxpayer time and money. Meanwhile, Trump got so much accomplished with all that going on. Then they hit him with the phony impeachment because of a phone call with Ukraine asking him to look into this corruption with Joe Biden. It has all been backwards. So now, of course, what does this White House do? 
Well, this White House gets uh, leaks out. There's a leak. And of course, it went to CNN first because they're going to be the top pick for this. But the media is asking uh, the I'm sorry, the White House is asking for the media to turn up the temperature on scrutinizing this impeachment. Here's the letter that came from uh, the White House counsel's office, uh, this character named Ian Sams. I'll put it on a board here. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. He goes on to say, in the modern media environment where everyday liars and hucksters peddle disinformation and lies everywhere from Facebook to Fox, everyday lies like what? The Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation? Is that what we're talking about? Everyday lies like what? Trump-Russia collusion? What, What lies is this guy talking about? Process stories that fail to unpack the illegitimacy of the claims on which House Republicans are basing all their actions only to serve to generate confusion, put false premises in people's feeds and obscure the truth. Well, isn't that what you did all during COVID? Right. Isn't that what the media did? Now, number one, they send this to CNN first and it leaks out. You think you need to encourage CNN to scrutinize the impeachment inquiry? You don't think they're going to do that already? Then again, CNN, you know, as we start to see this kind of shift where they start throwing Joe Biden under the bus a little more and more, where it seems like they're making room for another candidate. But you don't you really believe that you need to ask CNN to ramp up the scrutiny? CNN's going to take care of that. Don't worry about it. But they sent this out to Fox and uh, 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 the New York Times, Washington Post, all the big media hitters, you know, all the mainstream media hitters who are going to just tell this, this story anyway. The, uh, they're they're going to protect Biden at all costs or the Republican, or the uh, Democratic Party at all costs. But isn't it interesting? We've seen what happened. We know what happened with the censorship that went on with all these social medias during Trump's presidency. And we know what went on with all the censorship during the COVID and the shots. Everybody that was trying to speak out against it got censored. I just did the last interview, if you missed it, with Edward Dowd uh, talking about how they're going to be bringing these shots back and the censorship that went on during COVID. So it's very, very frustrating to watch. And again, a kind of a topsy-turvy thing here where we're seeing, oh, uh, you know, you can't be bringing these articles of impeachment. Well, hopefully we, we see some results here because I think just like you, I am sick and tired of having to, to see so much evidence mounting up against this uh, Biden corruption and nothing being done about it. Here's the clip of Matt Gates calling for the seat of Speaker McCarthy. Joe Biden deserves impeachment for converting the vice presidency into an ATM machine for virtually his entire family. We all see it. We all know it. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. I told you, Matt Gates is fired up. Uh, he's not having it anymore. We know what we went through when they elected uh, Speaker McCarthy to the seat there, to, to the Speaker position. It became a very dragged out saga. Deals were made apparently here and deals were not followed through. So Matt Gates fired up. I'm going to have Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna joining me here on the podcast now. She's in the Zoom room here. We're going to bring her in in just a second. She also, as I mentioned, she's a new parent. And she's got a new children's book out with her husband that she wrote, uh, Legend. Now, I'm going to screw this up and ask her how to say it the right way. Legend of Naranja. I would imagine it's Naranja. 
I'm, I'm about as green go as you can get here, but I'm going to have Anna help me out with that. But it's out of the Brave Book series. And Brave Books, if you are a parent out there or you know somebody that's just about to become a parent, you've got to turn them on to the Brave Book series. It makes a great baby shower gift. Uh, get them involved in this. It's a book every month. It's a series that comes out. You get in on the club. It's a, it's a subscription service. You get one book every month. Every one of these authors is somebody that's going to align with your family values and what you want to teach your kids. If you're worried about your kids having uh, you know, kids' books that are woke and are going to challenge them to change their sex and to tell them about uh, anal sex and all this other stuff that we're seeing being poisoning poisoning our kids' minds. You're not going to get that with the Brave Book series. I've interviewed a ton of the authors that they have in the series, uh, including Dinesh D'Souza and Robbie Starbuck, uh, Jack Posobiec. There's been so many of them. Uh, Kirk Cameron, uh, that, that write books for this series. So Anna Paulina Luna and her husband, Andrew, have the new book. And we're going to talk about that. But we're also, obviously, we're going to hit on this Speaker McCarthy calling for this uh, impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And on the other side of that, got some more stories to hear you, especially Eminem, who has now, you know, he's known for battling rap battles. He's picked a battle with the wrong type of guy. And uh, it's a U.S. Navy SEAL friend of mine. I'm going to hit you guys with that story as well after my interview with the Congresswoman. She will be joining me here right after this quick spot. So bring it back. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. Hey everybody, Alec Lace's book, First Class Fatherhood, is out. I'm in it. I was blessed to be on his show twice, and he's had a lot of big names on there. All fathers talking about their children, their family experiences, their fatherhood experiences. I talk about our daughter in there. And uh, look, he, Alec is a first-class guy running a first-class show, and, and again, a first-class book. Pick it up, guys. Look for me in there. Read it. You'll be glad you did. A lot of good lessons learned in there. Hey, what's up, guys? Shout out to my friend Alec Lace. Number one bestseller, First Class Fatherhood, guys. Amazing people in this book, like teammates Craig Sawyer, David Rutherford, uh, Don Rosso. You got Medal of Honor recipients like Dakota Meyer. You got uh, Bob Carey. You got the world survivor himself, Marcus Luttrell. And then you got some incredible business leaders like Bedros Koulian. NFL players like NFL champion punter Steve Weatherford, all in this book. You should check it out. First Class Fatherhood, advice and wisdom from high-profile dads, is now available on Amazon. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. The future is family. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, we're going to do this now. We're going to bring in the Congresswoman. I have her in the Zoom room, ready to go. And again, just a program update here at the end of today's podcast, I will be announcing uh, next week a guest that will be joining me here, another member of Congress. So stick around to the end of today's show to find out exactly who that is. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter or X as it's called now, at Alec Lace. All right, so let's do this. Joining me now, Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna. Welcome to the Alec Lace Show. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's an honor to have you here. Obviously, the breaking news of the week, Speaker McCarthy uh, says we're going to have an inquiry, an impeachment inquiry into uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family. Not really what everyone was hoping for or expected. We, we were hoping that these articles would be presented immediately here. I know Matt Gates, your colleague, came out, blasted the speaker about this. So give me the, your take on the situation here. Well, you know, I've been advocating for impeachment after I was really shown the evidence. And remember, I sit on House Oversight. So Representative Gates is on House Judiciary. Um, I'm on House Oversight. And then there's the House Ways and Means Committee. And these committees, three together, have been working to really 
um, I think, pull back the layers of corruption and really launch these investigations. It's important for people to remember that um, we're not prosecutors, but we are investigators. And it's up to the DOJ, the FBI, you know, these entities to do their job. But what we're finding is the DOJ, the IRS, the FBI, they're all running cover for the Joe Biden um, enterprise and his family. And really, he was using his official position to sell access. And so um, I've been a huge, again, advocate for impeachment. But because of the fact that we're getting stonewalled in these investigations, you know, the impeachment inquiry is a step in the right direction. Unfortunately, because of the fact that we do not hold the Senate, it's likely that the investigation will pretty much die in the Senate. So it's going to be a step in the right direction. But really, I think the focus is getting this information out to the American people, at least putting it in their hands, and then ultimately, um, I think, influencing the election in 2024, which has been something that myself, Representative Gates, pretty much every other member of the Republican Party is saying, like, look, this information needs to get out to the American people. So there's many factors going into it. I know it's pretty much a very long-winded answer, but to kind of give it some context and to explain, um, I wish we were more aggressive, but I'm not the speaker. Yeah, it, that's what it seems like, uh, you know, Congresswoman. Is it, we're, the, the American people, we're frustrated because it's like the, the Democrats came in banging. They came in swinging. They had Donald Trump on this phony Russia thing. They dragged it out for three years. They knew the thing was phony when they started yeah. it. And, you know, we couldn't get any of our information out because at the time, even Twitter was so suppressed. Nobody could get talking points across. And now here it is. We feel like there's piles of corruption against this family. And it's like, what are we doing here? What are we waiting for? Let's nail this guy and get him out of here. I mean, it's, it is, remember, I'm the one that brought forward the censure of Adam Schiff. And it was pretty crazy to see people trying to defend him when in actuality, what he did, I mean, when the Durham report came out, the guy literally used his position to really push a lie that broke apart this country and that people are still regurgitating. Like, I'm sure if you go online, you'll see someone that says that Russia influenced Trump, right? Like, that's the big lie that they like to push. And unfortunately, we're at a point now where, you know, just because it's on television doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. But like so many Americans, I've even been frustrated. And as you saw, you know, censoring Adam Schiff was no easy task. In fact, my first vote that I brought to the floor, it didn't pass. And then you saw about a week later that we were able to get it passed. But it is difficult. And I think that, you know, from my position, people are like, well, you know, what is going to change? Because ultimately, we're frustrated. You guys have control of the House, but you don't do anything. And people have to remember that if we don't have the Senate, we don't have the executive branch. It's a lot harder to do things. So we are essentially handicapped right now in doing what we're doing politically. But it's important to note that if this was a Republican, okay, I would still have the same opinion because what Joe Biden is doing is public corruption. It's wrong. So regardless of party affiliation, I mean, the fact is, is that this guy is arguably one of the most compromised presidents that we've ever had. Uh, you have the evidence. You have government agencies that are going after political opposition. We saw that's currently happening in Georgia. And ultimately, it's our job as legislators to not just be the check and balance, but that also, too, that we're putting out the correct information to the American people, which is why um, I think you're going to probably be getting it to in a few minutes. But we actually wrote a kid's book. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I want to talk about that because I know everyone's – we want obviously, we want Trump to get back in there in 2024. He's the hope. And hopefully, he smashes these three-letter agencies that you're mentioning and just dismantles them. But we need him back in office, and it seems like it's going to be very hard to do that unless we get a free and fair election coming in 2024. We know we didn't get one in 2020. Your book here, uh, I know, dives into this. Uh, the Legend of Naranja. Am I saying that right? The Legend of Naranja? How do you say <laughs> There it is. There you go. I love what the Brave Books do, uh, does. I had Trent Talbot on here. I've had a ton of the other authors, uh, authors that I've interviewed, Dinesh D'Souza, Pasobic, all them guys. So uh, give me the shakedown here. What can the readers expect in that book? What's it about? Well, just real quick, going back to the whole election process, it's going to be incredibly like important that people are registering to be poll watchers, to go out there and get people registered to vote. Scott Presser has been doing an incredible job. Scott Presser is doing what the GOP should be doing, to be clear. Um, he is very active in that sense, but also too, to ensure that there is so many people that are keeping watch, keeping tabs, and ultimately being that accountability mechanism. Because I can tell you here in the state of Florida, you know, we pride ourselves on being a really um, closely watched and secure election, except for the fact that DeSantis literally opened up an office of election integrity and we ended up arresting people that were doing bad things and ultimately caught fraudulently, you know, trying to stack the actual results. And so people actually ended up getting arrested in Florida. So it's just it's ridiculous to say that that's not possible and that it doesn't happen. Statistically, it's not 100 percent guaranteed to have a secure election. So when people try to say that that's a conspiracy theory, I just I, I think that that's silly. But anyway, so the book that we actually wrote is exactly like you had mentioned. It's about an orange nut on high. I think that you can kind of gather who that is and the forbidden fruit, a banana who you can also gather who that is, but it's about a race and ultimately the orange is doing the right thing and wins the hearts of the, the people of Fruitland. And yet the banana is cheating and ultimately ends up winning the race, but doesn't have the support. And so the way that we broke it down, one, it's a, it's a really good lesson for kids and that doing the right thing isn't always going to quote unquote, get you the title, but it will get you respect. And so that's kind of the life lesson for it. But also too, we wanted to do something that, you know, you have so many people that try to demonize Trump to especially young kids. I mean, they removed him from the Home Alone movie, which is so crazy to me. And so it actually kind of started out as an um, like an inside joke with my husband and I, like we were like on a plane, actually, we started talking about it. We're like, that'd be kind of cool if there's a kid's book about it. And then ultimately it kind of took its took on this life of itself. So I was actually very involved in the animation of this actual book. In fact, I actually helped to design the cover, which you saw. And then there's going to be some other really cool stuff that's going to be going along with it just because you saw that that's a pretty cool character. But I just I think it's important for kids to get politically involved at an early age. And as you know, we're new parents. And so we'll be reading this to our son. Yeah, and congratulations to you, and welcome to the, to the parenthood game here, and I know it's been a big year for you, first year in Congress, uh, first year parent, and uh, your husband, as you mentioned, Andrew, is just an American badass, an American hero, <laughs> I know those combat controllers uh, are the top shelf, I would love to have you and him on First Class Fatherhood to discuss yeah. the book and parenting more, so uh, we would love to set that up with you guys, and and and. Back into another one of these Biden blunders here is the border. 
the, the border czar, Kamala Harris, has been a complete failure down there. We're just seeing this guy, this hooligan, uh, Daniello Calavante. I don't know sure how to say his name. He's an illegal immigrant, Pennsylvania. He escaped from prison. He stabbed his girlfriend 38 times right in front of her kids. This guy should have never been in the country. He should have been deported when this happened. But this is the people that Donald Trump was warning us about that are coming into our country, let alone all the people the CCP are sending over here, the fentanyl that's flying in, the border is out of control, and it seems like nothing is being done about it. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I Back when I first started getting politically involved, you know, I was on track to go to medical school. So politics for me wasn't something that I ever really anticipated that I'd be doing. And really, I got involved in a counter-trafficking organization. And ultimately, what I realized is in 2016, previous to that, you really saw Democrats, the establishment Democrat messaging arm, right, even in the corporate media, um, they would really push, you know, similar talking points to the Republican Party on border security. And you can actually famously find clips of Barack Obama during his first per, uh, first term saying, you know, don't come here illegally. He was known as the deporter in chief. And actually, if you saw the um, incarceration and deportation numbers under Biden and Obama back then, you would think that they were, quote unquote, Republicans. Um, and then you see this shift and it happened right in 2016. So if you look at the demographics in the United States at that time period, you see that the largest voting minority in the country, uh, instead of being black Americans, it starts to be outpaced by Hispanic Americans, specifically those of Mexican descent. And so the DNC, the political arms, sometimes even the Uniparty, um, they're not done. They pay attention to all those stats. And when you're running elections, it can become a science, especially on the data. And so in my opinion, the reason why you saw this massive shift in messaging, trying to target illegal immigrants and pushing the open border policy was an effort to hit and to really target the Hispanic voting bloc, which is now the largest in the country. The problem is, and this is, again, something that I've been really championing, which is why they've tried to say that I'm whitewashed, that I'm you know, not actually Hispanic and all this racist crap that they throw at me, is that one, Hispanic Americans, if you have come here legally, you don't want illegal immigration, right? It's hurting the community. And you know firsthand that it's going to hurt people on both sides. But also, too, the fact is, is that in this country, when you have an open border, you don't have a country at all, right? So they are trying to continue to push this. They're trying to uh, bring people here and put them into the welfare state, which is exactly what they did to the black community in the 70s, and ultimately create cycles of generational voters. And so I'll be up in Washington, D.C., and I hear this rhetoric. They, they try to say, you know, it used to be if you wanted border security that you were racist. And then literally right after Joe Biden got into office, he's putting kids in Connex boxes, and then you had face book fact checking everyone saying that that wasn't accurate when in actuality it was so they use hispanic americans as they treat us like we're stupid they use us as voting tools but when we don't stay in line then they try to attack us and that's where you'll see those vicious attacks similar to what they did with larry elder but especially against hispanics that are speaking up they did it to myra flores they did it to myself and so again the biden administration is actually pulling the lowest with hispanic americans surprise surprise when you have your wife calling us breakfast tacos that might end up happening um, but even aside from that, I think that the Hispanic voting bloc is inherently conservative. And so it's a very important message, especially for conservative commentators, for people running for office, and even people like myself to remind people that, first of all, 
you know, regardless of skin color, we're all Americans. But secondly, when the left uses identity politics, it's important for us to shatter that narrative by sharing our stories and sharing that information. Very well said, Congresswoman. Now, I did have uh, Lieutenant Governor Winston Sears on the podcast last week. She's another one that was called the black face of white supremacy, it's just like Larry Elder, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who I've had a few times on the show. He hits the same thing. And it's the, it's like it seems like the liberals, the, the Democrats feel in power to be as racist as they want, as long as the person is on their conservative side. Then yeah. all that stuff, that virtue signaling goes right out the window. It, it's really crazy to me. You know, my sister is actually staunchly um, liberal, right? So like, totally, Sorry to hear that. <laughs> well, totally polar opposite of myself. But when the Washington Post was attacking me, um, she actually messaged the reporter and was like, do you not realize this was a um, female liberal white reporter, okay, that was saying that because of the color of my skin that I wasn't Hispanic enough, like really just vile, um, racially motivated and charged rhetoric, right? And my sister called out the reporter and said, you know, you say that you attended this Ivy League school and that you're writing for the Post, yet you're intentionally not reporting factual information and details about my sister. And you're using the same racist rhetoric that you're accusing conservatives of using, yet you're doing it because of the fact that you're white. And yet you say that my sister's, you know, you're, you're basically trying to categorize her based on her skin tone, which is like the most racist. And the reporter didn't respond, but it is interesting to where it's okay if it's a white liberal reporter doing it to minority, but if a minority steps out of line and says something, then you get that same treatment. And so it is important for voices like Larry Elder, like Dr. Ben Carson, like Byron Donalds, all of these people to step forward and to help shatter that. And what we're seeing is it's actually transcending into pop culture. So you're seeing people like Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, people stepping forward and saying, you know, we don't agree with this. And this is how we're going to vote. But I think that that needs to continue because the left does control so much of Hollywood and corporate media. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. And I, listen, I believe we need mass deportation in this country immediately. That's not a that's racist illegal. thing. Hey. That, that's America first is what that is. It's And so they try to spin that around. But if we don't have our border, we don't have a country. So no. that's got to get done. And one of the other things I wanted to get your take on, uh, Congresswoman, was this this lunatic governor in New Mexico just uh, took our Constitution and threw it in a trash can and tells everybody that they, they're not allowed to have their Second Amendment right. Thank God the sheriff came out and said, I'm not going to enforce this thing. But is this is this if this if there's no response to what this woman did, are you going to see other governors try to get this brazen, this crazy and just try to disregard the Constitution? Are we, is that what's going to happen if she doesn't face a penalty? I mean, I hope that governors aren't that stupid to actually think that what she did was okay. When you have someone like David Hawk, of all people, yeah. like, mountain call her out, um, I think that that's, you know, this woman should be embarrassed. But I, I do think that the people of New Mexico need to make their voices heard because the fact is, is that that woman got elected, right? Those people thought that somehow that woman was the best leadership for that state. And it's actually really sad because New Mexico is a great place and it has a lot of great people, but that woman is simply out of touch. And it is pretty scary that she's so insulated in her just bubble of reality that she thinks that she had the right to do that. And so I do think that she should be recalled. I think that the great people of New Mexico need to lead out that charge. But it's important that, you know, people can get complacent and they can get kind of burnt out in politics. And it's like if you get burnt out and you don't actually put forward the effort, then we're such a small number that it's ultimately um, it's a losing battle. So you can't give up. If you give up, they win and and keep on that fight. But I am glad that the sheriff had some cojones. Maybe he needs to run for office out there. 
Yeah, we'd love to see that. Yeah, I would love to see him do that. And one of the other things, too, that's crushing the American families in this country, Congresswoman, you're in the game now, too, with with another mouth to feed. I got four kids. There's six mouths to feed in this house. This inflation, the grocery prices, the gas prices have been just crushing everybody in this country. Meanwhile, Biden is out there talking about Bidenomics and how everyone's doing so great. But his Bidenomics in the tweets looks different than the Bidenomics in the streets is how I like to put it here. Uh, So uh, I wish something could get done. What's going to have to happen? in order to see some kind of relief for the American families. Unfortunately, inflation is here to stay for a while, especially with this current policy. And I was the first person to really go on my social media and sound the alarm about not just the Inflation Reduction Act, but a lot of the policies that were even coming out of the GOP that actually just forced us more into debt and spending. And so I will say that first and foremost, you know, I'm not a banker and I'm not someone that has a financial background. However, I do have common sense. And what I can tell you is that people go up to Washington and they spend money the way that they would never spend their personal finances. And ultimately, when you are in debt the way that we are currently in debt, when you have some of the terrible foreign policy that we have that really empowers places like China, who economically have a strangle on us, um, what ultimately ends up happening is you get inflation. And that's not going to go anywhere until we can get back to our America First Energy policies. And so that's why it's incredibly important. That's why I endorsed President Trump really early on is I'm 100 percent focusing on foreign policy for this next presidency. And I think that that's really going to be the only way that we can claw ourselves out of the hole of debt that we've currently been seeing. And also, too, I think how we're going to prevent something like World War Three. Yeah, well said. And, and before, too, when I said that, you know, your husband's a badass, you are as well. I forgot to say thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you. And I, I love the fact that you're in Congress now. We, we need more voices like yours. And I know you're in Florida and to be supporting uh, President Trump. It can be looked at because we have Governor DeSantis, who is in the race right now. I did an interview last year with Governor DeSantis right before he launched. I love what he's done for the state of Florida. I I really I have my support is behind President Donald Trump. He's got to get in there. He's the man. But so far right now, your first year, you're you're in the arena now. You're you're there. Is it what you expected? Is what is kind of the rift in the house with the people like yourself supporting President Trump and those who are opposed? What what is what has it been like your experience first year in that Congress? You know, I'm right there with you, right? So I live in the state of Florida. I love what Governor DeSantis has done as a governor. But I, again, from a presidential perspective, I'm really focused on foreign policy. And I want to see someone that is not afraid of making those hard and tough decisions because they're not worried about re-election. So President Trump, um, really, if he gets elected again, which I think he will based on his polling, um, even in the general election, is looking like he will be the next president. And if that's the case, he's going to be able to make decisions. Like, remember Obama 1.0 versus Obama 2.0? Obama 1.0 was, like, very moderate and conservative. And then Obama 2.0 was like, holy shit, who's this, like, leftist crazy person that's destroying the country? Okay, so that's because he wasn't worried about re-election during his second term. And so I think that President Trump during the second term is going to be way more aggressive. And I think that that's exactly what we need. And that's exactly why I'm supporting him. Um, Just to put it in perspective, though, I think that there are people in the House that maybe don't necessarily they either have a pre-existing relationship with the governor and or um, maybe they don't like certain policies that President Trump formally put forward. But I would be happy to debate those people. And they pretty much know not to because I usually win. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I like I said, I, I love Governor DeSantis, but uh, it, it seems like it's a slam dunk that it has to be Donald Trump right now. He's the guy. And if, and if DeSantis had just thrown his weight behind him, I think Trump would have had his back in 2028. I think that's all out the window. Yeah. 
and, and, you know, the other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, your name floats around there when we talk about who he's going to choose for the vice president. Uh, <laughs> I know I know you're up there. I know Carrie Lake is up there. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, have you given that any thought? Has the I got any inkling there? What would be your response if the president asks you to be the vice president? Oh, my gosh. If the president asked me to be his vice president, uh, that would definitely be a conversation that I'd probably have to have with my husband. But in a heartbeat, obviously, obviously, I'd say yes. But you know, I am from Florida. And so I have my own draft pick list. And so I've been really advocating for someone like Byron Donalds, but also to actually really think that Christy Nome would be a great pick. I know that she kind of got hit on some of the stuff that she did in her state in regards to some of the trans athletes. But I think that with her Aside from that um, ability to, I think, bring over female voters and then also to the perspective that she brings being from that state, I think that she'd be better than the current list of uh, presidential debates and nominees that we're currently looking at. Uh, definitely not Nikki Haley, though. Definitely not yeah, Nikki Haley. I agree there. Love the picks <laughs> you said. My, my, my sleeper pick is Tucker Carlson. I know it's an outside the box, um, but well, I love the seat. Tucker Carlson for press secretary, just because I want to just see him oh. torch serve. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be great. I hope to see it happen. Uh, all right. So last thing here, Congresswoman, uh, you know, we're, we've got this impeachment inquiry now into Joe Biden going on, Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family. What are we looking to accomplish now as we get closer here to the elections of 2023 and towards the end of the year? What are you guys looking to accomplish now? What's top priority for you? Well, so as of right now, we're going to see one. I actually talked to my chief of staff about this today. So it's looking like there's not going to need to be a vote to actually launch the inquiry. However, I think that it's incredibly important that the actual GOP. So remember, earlier this past year, we had negotiated some incredibly important um, guidelines and outlines for the House of Representatives. We wanted to take a vote on term limits. Uh, we have something coming up with the CR. I think that that's going to be a huge mistake. We can't allow for a CR to take place. And so I think that in addition to the impeachment inquiry and getting that information out to the American people, uh, potentially impeaching Biden, that we have to make sure that we're taking a hardline stance on the budget. And that's because really what this administration has done, what the Senate has done, is they've handicapped Congress from being able to actually control the budget by taking some of our power away from us. And as you're seeing, I mean, was it $100 billion to Ukraine? They're trying to say that the state of Florida won't receive federal aid and funding unless we vote for that. Uh, you saw the Republican Florida delegation come together under a letter that Kat Kamek did to say, hey, we're not going to agree to that. So um, we need to make sure that we're digging in our heels and I'll be right there with everyone else. <laughs> And thank God you are. God bless you for what you're doing. I love the fact that you're there. You're in the fight. You're in the battle. We need more people like you in there. So uh, God bless you again for what you're doing. I'd love to. And like I said, have you and your husband join me on First Class Fatherhood. Do you think we could set that up? Yeah, I think Andy's actually supposed to come on with you. So we're excited about that. All right. That will be great. Um, Congresswoman Anna of Polina Luna, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on the Alec Lay Show. Thank you. And don't forget to go check out the book, Naranja. <laughs> yeah, link is in the description down below. Thank you, Congresswoman. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We'll talk soon. All right. Such an honor to have Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna join me here on the Alec Lay Show. If you guys uh, enjoyed that, please let me know what you think. Or if you didn't enjoy it, hit me in the comments section down there. Hit me in the live chat. Let me know what you thought about the interview. I am definitely going to do an interview with Anna and her husband, Andrew, an American hero. I'm going to have them on First Class Fatherhood to get more into their uh, parenthood journey here as they, as, they, as they are new parents. Again, we are blessed with our new families in this country. We need more of them. We need to encourage young people. Marriage is sacred. Family life is the best life you're ever going to live on this planet. So we got to encourage the young people who 
have been turned away uh, from wanting to have kids, who have been told that it's it's the worst thing that's going to happen to you is to have kids and start a family. You're not going to get a chance to do this or that. We got to stop this poisonous mentality that's happening to the youth in this country and encourage our young people to have kids, start a family, and leave a legacy. And that's what we got to do. And that's exactly what they're doing again. So honored and thank you to Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna for joining me here on the Alec Lay Show. Got another member of Congress joining me next week. Going to tell you who that is right at the end of today's broadcast. Again, if you're watching live here on Rumble, please get down there and share it. Hit the follow button, hit the like, comment down below, and let's keep this algorithm going up. Now, this next one here, Eminem is known for, you know, basically saying every single thing that the left will cancel you for is basically Eminem, if you said in a public place, uh, on public TV, what Eminem says in just about every one of his raps, you would be banned and canceled. Because this guy, he, he's pumped himself up. I'm going to kill this person, kill that person, bang your wife's mother. You know, this is the kind of stuff this guy puts out there. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Now, is he talented? Uh, as far as the rap business goes, he's probably the most successful rapper that's ever lived. I don't know if anybody's ever sold more albums as a rapper than he has. So the guy is extremely, extremely popular. Got a huge fan base. Uh, he's known for, you know, shocking. He's kind of like a Howard Stern of the rap game, right? The shock jock is what he comes at you with. Well, his last album was this album called Kamikaze. And now he's got a clothing line out named after Kamikazes. So he decides it would be a good idea. And I'm going to put a picture of his Instagram up here. He thinks it's a good idea to promote this clothing brand that's named after kamikazes on the U.S. battleship New Jersey. And here's his Instagram post on it. Now, kamikazes killed over 4,900 U.S. sailors during World War II. And here's Eminem promoting a clothing line named after kamikazes on an American battleship from World War II. Almost 5,000 sailors were killed by kamikazes. And this joker thinks that this is a smart marketing idea to do this? Well, Navy SEAL Bill Brown, who's a friend of mine and a, and a combat veteran and an American hero, ready to call him out on this because this is what made this even worse. The, New Jersey, uh, the battleship New Jersey reposted this on their website, on their Instagram. Here's this. Here's their Instagram post. Now, Bill Brown is about as patriotic as you can get. He is the founder of the Navy SEAL Swim, the New York City SEAL Swim that I took part in, uh, that I played you guys uh, clips from. And it's always amazing to be surrounded by these guys. Here we are actually on Battleship New Jersey. The SEALs were honoring their fallen brothers from Extortion 17, reading the names, firing the gun, the whole bit. It was a tremendous ceremony that they put on down there. So Bill Brown reached out and was very pissed off about seeing uh, uh, somebody promoting kamikazes on the battleship. And the uh, battleship New Jersey responded. Here is the email from Bill Brown after he heard back from them. I'll put it on a board here. The battleship New Jersey reached out to me and stated they have they often have photo shoots on the ship for various business. And we're not aware of the clothing line's nature and what it represented. They have done the right thing by those American sailors killed in World War II and have deleted the posts from their social media page. They understand this was not appropriate and disrespectful. They also understand they can't take back what's already happened, but will certainly seek forgiveness. 
And props to Bill Brown for calling them out on that, which is rightfully so. And props to the New Jersey Battlefield, New Jersey, for pulling down the posts. Uh, I, I would imagine that that's something that had to slip through. I don't think that's something they would ever promote. And you got, you know, this guy Eminem. I would think that you Eminem, if he wanted to do the right thing, he would delete the post from his Instagram and offer an apology. Because the last thing you want to do is pick a fight or piss off the U.S. Navy SEAL teams. And uh, that's exactly what he did right here. Was he, he, he really got into it with them. Now, I know, again, I say Eminem is a, uh, an actor in a sense that he's somebody that acts like he's street tough and he's a gang banger and he's a gangster and I'm going to kill this guy, I'm going to kill that guy. Don't, don't forget these Navy SEAL guys that you've now upset are real killers. And they're not the kind of guys you want to play around with. And Eminem has made a big mistake by pissing them off. And I think the right thing for him to do would be to offer an apology and pull that post down and stop playing around with your little kamikaze uh, crap on U.S. battleships. Not a smart look for somebody. Again, Eminem is a guy who's been throwing a ton of hissy fits lately. We've seen it with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's connecting well with the millennials. He was uh, doing a rap from Lose Yourself, Eminem's most popular song, I would argue. Won an Academy Award for it, the whole bit. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was rapping that in, in Iowa. And Eminem threw a big hissy fit and a huffy puff and sent them a letter. You better cease and desist. Don't use my music. You know, he's never, you got a million people on YouTube that are ripping his songs off and doing all kind of parodies no no problem but no no this conservative guy is doing it i gotta i gotta show them just how beta male i am is what eminem decided the marshall mathers the beta male and then again he threw this other big saga about trump supporters oh you guys are following donald trump he threw this big whole just crying fit for like about two minute rant which was so pathetic and embarrassing to watch but you could not be more disrespectful than to have your clothing line that's named after kamikazes on a u.s battleship shame on you get the apology going mr slim shady a guy who can't fight his way out of a wet paper bag but he acts the tough part on the screen he does it very well he's made he's made more money than anybody else right so uh in the rap game he's got to be the top guy and when you ever use the people are you know the people that are into the uh the the gang banging music are saying who's the best we got usually it's eminem is who comes up you know despite the fact that they uh, absolutely are disgraceful toward, you know, towards women and towards uh, just about everything, you know, violence, cops, police, America, freedom, whatever it is, you know. They all used to love Donald Trump, though. Isn't that interesting? Right? All the rappers used to love Donald Trump. He was in, I don't know, 40-something rap songs, maybe more than that. All the rappers wanted to be like Trump, and he was the hot ticket. Uh, how interesting the, the times have changed now, right? All right. Well, times are changing for the people in New York, which is being overrun by the illegal immigrants. It's out of control. We know that. Now, about 20,000 illegal immigrant children are being implored into the public school system. Here's a video of them lining up, the parents lining up to drop their kids off, get them into the public school system. Here's the kicker. They're not asking for any immunization records for any of these kids. Did you have your COVID booster? Did you have your COVID vax? We don't care. You're allowed in. Now, if you, the taxpayer in New York City, were sending your kid to school and weren't supplying any immunization records, your kid's not allowed to attend. But the illegal immigrant? Oh, just bring him in. Don't even worry about that. We've got a waiver for that. They're cutting the budgets of all these different departments in the city, 5% here, 5% there, because they need more money to deal with the migrant or the illegal immigrant crisis that's going on in New York City. Now, these kids are going to the free public school. I just had this conversation with my one son the other day as school started. 
because I have one son who goes to vocational school through the public school system, and I have three that I pay that go to private school, Catholic school. And so my one son was saying, hey, my school is free to go to. And I said, well, it's free, but I'm paying for it because it's our taxes that are used to pay for your school. So it's not free. Nothing in the life is free, right? So uh, that's why we're paying all these taxes. Now, New York City parents are paying taxes and sending their kids to school. The illegal immigrants aren't paying anything, and they're sending their kids to school. This is a recipe for absolute disaster. Now, the illegal immigrants... Uh, who are doing this are only looking to do the right thing for their kids, their parents themselves. So they're here. They're going to take advantage of whatever the opportunities are. Uh, there's no way they're going to say, oh, we could send our kid to school or not send them and then choose not to send them. They're going to do it. The problem is we need mass deportation in this country to put these people back into the countries that they came from and then come into this country the right way under our legal immigration policy. But we're not doing that. And if you even say we need mass deportation, like I was saying to the congresswoman before, that's a racist thing to say. It's not racist. It's America first. Let's put the American taxpayer first. Let's put the American citizen first. Let's put America first. We're not doing that. How dare you cut budgets for this program and that program, and you have American veterans sleeping on the streets in New York City, and and, and you're putting illegal immigrants into hotel rooms and giving them all these accommodations. Shame on you. What in the world's going on here? Eric Adams is in over his head. Here's a guy who put the tweet up. Here it is. Oh, back before this, when he was running for mayor, New York City will always be a sanctuary city. He loves the sanctuary city. Now, all of a sudden, oh, well, this is killing the city here. We're going to be in trouble. He's begging for more money, but he's not begging for Joe Biden to close the border. Close the damn border and deportate, deport all of these people that have come into the country illegally. I mean, how much harder could that be? We know Donald Trump was doing what he could to stay in Mexico policy, build the wall, which everyone was giving him hell for. Immigration, the illegal immigration is killing this country. We are not going to have a country if we keep this thing. And nothing's going to happen. So don't hold your breath. We can talk about it, but there's nothing going to happen as long as this administration is in the White House. Nothing is going to change. The border czar ain't going down there and going to do anything. So unless we get a, a Donald Trump back in office, the border is going to remain open and these cities are going to be remain flooded with illegal immigrants, taking up all of the taxpayer money. Meanwhile, not contributing to the taxes. So I I would imagine so many of you guys out there listening are just as sick and tired as I am. And uh, it's got to stop. So uh, God bless all you people out there that that are in these Democrat cities where the migrants, the illegal immigrants are being shipped to and having to deal with the resources being just sopped up uh, by this problem. All right. So those are the stories I got. And again, I promised you next week's guest. Now, again, I don't know if this is the only guest, but it's one guest that I'm going to have. I'm working every day to give you guys the best guest possible. Next week, I will be joined by Virginia Congressman Bob Good. Bob Good will be joining me here on the podcast on Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live here on Rumble. Again, if you enjoyed today's interview with Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, let me know about it down there in the comments. Let me know what you thought about it. If you missed it, roll back the tape there and check out the interview. And if you missed any of the interviews on the podcast, flip back on the channel here and go check them all out. I encourage you to do so. I can't say thank you enough for all your support, your encouragement here as we keep rolling forward with The Alec Lay Show. If you're listening again on Apple, Spotify, hit me with a rating, review. goes a long way to help me out. All right, so I'll be back here. That's all I got for you guys. I'll be back here uh, Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Congressman Bob Good. 
Uh, God bless all of you listeners. God bless our first responders and veterans. God bless America. And I will catch you guys next week. Have a good weekend.